0: From Outset, you're listening to Second Look. I'm your host, Benjamin Green, and today is going to be a little different from last week. (laughs) You know, last week I had been saying that I hadn't been positive enough on this show, and so I made it all about good things, but today has been a very dark day. Um, I'm feeling grieved at what's going on in Baltimore, and I'd like to just invite you to take a moment of silence with me and remember and pray for those who are being affected by these riots. Now, with that established as the guiding premise of this episode, I think you can tell it's not going to be a very happy, upbeat episode, Um, which is kind of weird for me. I'm a pretty upbeat kind of guy. I'm usually pretty chipper. But today I really am feeling sad. Um, I do just want to take a moment and mention our sponsor... Uh, Octopod mobile charging solutions, Octopod really does have great devices. And I say this every single week, but they really are fantastic. You can have charge with you wherever you go. And right now, if you go to octo-pod.com slash outset, that's octo-pod.com slash outset, and use the coupon code OUTSET when you check out, you can get 50% off. And that's a great deal, and it's a limited-time offer, so you want to act now on that. So as for these riots, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you are someone who's plugged into the news cycle. And I am just... The only word that comes to mind when I try to describe what's going on in Baltimore is grief. There's grief on Freddie Gray's family on on their behalf. There's grief from people whose livelihoods and homes are burning as I record this. There's grief from protesters. There's grief from... Policemen whose friends and fellow service members have been brutally attacked for little to no fault of their own. Uh, fire crew members who have gone into the line of duty to try and save people's homes and businesses been assaulted. It, it's terrible. It's un-American. It's shameful. And it's so sad. Baltimore is being destroyed from within, just like cancer. I live in a city about the size of Baltimore. My knowledge of Baltimore is not super strong, but I believe it has around 600,000 people. Plus, there are suburbs. And the city I live in, Tucson, Arizona, has about 600,000 people. And I cannot imagine the havoc of one day of this kind of violence in the city. And there is no end in sight. I... I really feel for the people of Baltimore, no matter which side of this issue they're on, there's going to be a lot of pain. And I'm praying for the safety of all of the families and of the people themselves who are involved in this. You know, people are going to get arrested. P- people are going to get killed, probably. And it it's just so, so sad to me that we have reached a point in our country where there is this rioting. And, and it's not like this is a rare thing. If anything, it's becoming more and more frequent. And... Each time it gets more and more intense and more and more people are injured and more and more people are hurt forever. There are permanent consequences to the actions being taken in Baltimore right now as I'm recording this. At Right now as you're listening to this, permanent consequences. And when riots happen, people get in a mob and they don't... Consider the consequences of their actions. It's very easy to get riled up in a mob. The mob mentality is a real thing. And it's a terrifying thing. And the power of a mob is just scary. I can't imagine what it's like to be living in Baltimore right now and having to put your children to bed, wondering if your house is maybe going to burn down tonight, or if not, maybe someone will barge in the door, hold you at gunpoint, and try and steal stuff. This serves nobody. There are real issues right now between Americans of different ethnicities. There are real issues. Anyone who says that racism doesn't exist anymore is ignoring evidence. You can argue that racism comes from different sources. You can argue all that stuff. But if you don't admit that it exists, that's not an intelligent position to take. So with it established that racism exists, the debate becomes, is it institutionalized or not? That is a good debate, but it is not what we're going to be taking a second look at today. Today, I want to try and fill in a gap that I haven't been seeing in the commentary about Baltimore, about Ferguson, about all these cases that have been coming up that are so ethnically charged. And I want to talk about what people should do instead. I would imagine that when you hear of a news story like this, Freddie Gray, Your first instinct isn't, oh man, that makes me mad. I want to go burn down that senior citizens home that's being built right over there by the CVS. That's not your first instinct, I'm sure. So what steps should people have taken to keep themselves from getting to the point where they were like, hey, yeah, let's burn down this building. What can we do to resolve the conflicts in our life, in our civil society. Conflict is real, and it's very powerful, and it wreaks upheaval everywhere. So, today I want to take you through eight principles of conflict, what it is, um, just facts about conflict, And then seven steps for resolving conflict. I'm going to have to give a shout-out here to a really good friend of mine, um, a very respected friend, who I look up to a whole lot. These principles and these steps to conflict resolution are from him. Each one of these is... Biblically based. Um, This comes from a pastor friend. But I'm not going to go through that aspect of it here on the show. If you want to know more about that aspect, feel free to tweet me about it. I'd love to talk to you. But um, let's just jump right in. So, eight principles of conflict. Number one, conflict is normal. And it can even be healthy. Wait, what? So I think we all recognize that conflict is a normal part of life. But it's bad when the motives are selfish. When one person is trying to get ahead or um, push their agenda or something, that's when it's bad. But conflict can be very good if it causes you to listen and learn from each other. Um, to gain a new perspective, you know, when you disagree with someone, it actually strengthens your opinions because you stop and you think through things and you can make better decisions and ultimately you can become good friends and have a stronger team if you allow conflict to happen, to um, push the boundaries of your thinking. Number two is that each person is designed with a unique perspective and has unique talents, abilities, and gifts. So with that in mind, we have to remember that we're not just in conflict with this nebulous idea. We're in conflict with people. Each person has intrinsic value and you need to make sure if you're in a conflict, you're valuing the personhood of the other side. These protesters in Baltimore need to make sure they're valuing the personhood of the um, policemen, policewomen, the firefighters that they're angry with and by the same token, the men and women who are serving the city of Baltimore need to value the personhood of the rioters. It, if you start to think this way, it'll change the way you feel about the person you're in a conflict with. You're both people, so you're naturally going to think and feel differently. You have different perspectives. You have different life stories. And it's really beneficial to stop and consider the other point of view. You're going to have conflict with people, usually because people care very deeply about something, but they disagree how to proceed. If you think about a lot of our battles in Congress, uh, one that comes to mind right now was the government shutdown over the funding of the Affordable Care Act. Um... Republicans in Congress, especially the more conservative members, feel very strongly that the ACA needs to go, and the Democrats feel very strongly that it needs to stay. And so conflict there is natural. It would be weirder if it didn't happen. Number three, disagreement is not bad, but being divisive is. The appropriate response when you are in disagreement with somebody is not to dig in the trenches and just say, well, I'm not going to budge. It's not to label the other side with this name and name call. It's to seek resolution. This should be common sense, but sometimes, especially in the world of politics, the instinct is to dig in and just say, well, I'm right, and everyone else can deal with it. But really, when issues arise, you must resolve them. Unresolved issues lead to things like, well, riots. Number four, if you are in any sort of leadership role, Or if you have any sort of an audience, someone will always complain about you. That's just a universal truth, and you can see it manifested anytime anyone says anything political. Just go on Twitter and look at the comments about it, and there's your proof. Number five. Even though each conflict is unique, we can establish a pattern to help deal with most conflicts. Now this, I like to think of this kind of like shoemaking. Every shoe comes out of the molds and stuff different. Uh, when you, especially if they're handmade, but even in a factory setting, if you run, the material for 20 shoes through all the machinery, each one of those shoes is going to be different. But you ran it through the same machinery. And in the end, you end up with a shoe. <laughs> now, that might be a little bit of a stretch of an analogy, but with a conflict, you can have these sets of steps where um, no matter what shape the conflict is in, no matter how your material looks... In the end, if you follow these steps, you're going to have a resolution. Number six. A conflict is not fully resolved until each person involved is fully reconciled. Sometimes this looks like agreeing to disagree and just merely stop arguing and debating, Sometimes this might look like a compromise. You know, a good example that comes to mind of that is anti-federalists versus the federalists in the Constitutional Convention um, in America in 1787. A lot of people felt very strongly that the Articles of Confederation should stand just the way they were, and a lot of people felt very strongly that well, we needed more. We needed a constitution. And they could have all just gone home, but then it wouldn't have been fully resolved and they wouldn't have all been reconciled. They had to reconcile each little meticulous aspect and come to this compromise. Now, maybe it won't always be so meticulous, but if it is... It's important to remember that resolution is not natural. Our instinct is to walk away or to just be angry and want our own way. To resolve conflicts, we have to look within ourselves, look at the other person, consider every single aspect, and deliberately choose to work to resolve it. Number seven, another principle of conflict. Some conflicts cannot be resolved in this life. It's just the nature of it. The Hatfields and the McCoys. Um, there are some conflicts you have that will go with you to your grave. And some people won't be satisfied unless everything goes exactly their way. If you look at a biblical example... Um, Judas Iscariot had a conflict with Jesus, and it wasn't resolved. Judas went and hanged himself. There is not always an earthly solution. And number eight, you are an instrument of reconciliation, but sometimes resolution is beyond you. So let me go over those Eight principles of conflict once more, just to have them all in a row. Number one, conflict is normal and can be healthy. Number two, each person has a unique perspective and unique talents, abilities, and gifts. Number three, disagreement is not a bad thing, but divisiveness is. Number four... If you are a leader or have any sort of audience, you will have people complain about you. Number five, each conflict is unique, but we can establish a pattern to help deal with most of them. Number six, a conflict is not fully resolved until each person involved is fully reconciled with each other. Number seven, Some conflicts can't be resolved in this life. And number eight, you are an instrument of reconciliation, but sometimes it's out of your hands. Now, with these principles of conflict in mind, it's quite simple to build that pattern mentioned in principle number five. And I will lay out, after a brief word from our sponsor, I'll lay out seven steps to conflict resolution that I think the uh, rioters in Baltimore would have been a lot better off using. But before we get to that, as I said, this is a word from our sponsor, Octopod, and you've heard me mention them on every episode. But let me tell you what, I am not tired of advertising for Octopod, because their stuff is just so cool. I can't repeat enough how amazing it is that we can have these long-lasting battery products, and one of my favorite products that Octopod Mobile Charging Solution has is this cable that will charge three different devices. And if that intrigues you at all, please just go to octo-pod.com slash outset and give them a look. Go ahead and put everything you want in your cart, and trust me, you're going to want a lot of things, so prepare the budget. octo-pod.com slash outset and use the coupon code outset and get 50% off for a limited time. So Baltimore, it's a mess. This is really bad conflict, and it's a conflict gone unresolved. So how can we resolve conflicts? Well, based on the eight principles I talked about in the first part of this show, there are seven steps that really go a long way toward resolving conflicts, and the first one I feel is definitely the most important, and that is check yourself. Make sure that you aren't out of line. Really look at yourself objectively. Maybe you need to go ask a friend and say, hey, what do you think about this? Maybe you need to go ask an enemy and say, hey, am I out of line here? I really just want to make sure I'm in the right Step two is to listen. I can't begin to describe how much these two steps change everything. I, as you might have guessed from this show, am definitely a talker. I'm very quick to talk. And in addition to that, I'm a pretty defensive person. I can't recall a single time growing up, living at home, where my parents said, hey, look, you are really out of line here. And I just said, you know what? Yes, I am. 18 years, I can't think of one occasion where that happened. And since I've grown up a little bit, I've tried really hard to remember these two things. Number one, examine myself. Number two, listen. Listen to what people are saying. Make sure you understand every aspect of what they're saying. If you have questions, ask and listen. Don't interrupt. Let them speak before you speak. Number three, try to understand. This is one that I feel would go a long way, specifically in Baltimore. I am not a policeman. I am also not a rioter. I feel like I don't understand either one of their perspectives entirely, and I'm quite certain that rioters don't understand policemen's perspective, and policemen don't understand the rioter's perspective, hardly at all. They're coming from completely opposite viewpoints. So it's really important to pause and try to understand the other side. Number four is to seek reconciliation. Not just be like, oh yeah, I really hope that works out. But to be proactive. Go the extra mile to try and... Resolve this, to put it behind you. Instead of torching city buildings, these rioters in Baltimore should have come together peacefully and said, hey, look, we're here. We're willing to see what it takes to fix this. And the policemen and women should have come together and said, okay, we're here and we'll meet you. We'll never know how that situation would have played out, but it certainly couldn't have been worse than what has played out. Number five, do not allow anonymity. This is one thing the internet has just killed us on, and especially Twitter, which is by far my most frequented website. Anonymity is Everywhere. Look at the comments on a YouTube video, on any blog post, on any Twitter thread. And people are angry and they hide behind their identity. And there are a lot of problems associated with anonymity on the internet. Things like cyberbullying or um, scamming and all this stuff. But... Anonymity prevents resolution. You should be willing to go to someone face-to-face and say, Hey, look, this is the problem I'm having, and you're the cause of it. I've checked myself and made sure that I'm not causing this problem, so I've got a real problem with what you're doing, and this is why. And the anonymity only gets in the way and it only hurts things. Number six, try to resolve things, but don't make it your job to solve their problem or to satisfy them. Some people are never going to be satisfied. This goes back to... The List of Conflict Principles, there are some things that we just won't be able to resolve. And your job is to make sure you've done everything within your power to reconcile, not necessarily done everything in your power to appease. And number seven, listen to and learn from critics, but learn not to take personal criticism too personally. Now, again, this one is crucial on the internet, where, you know, you hear, don't feed the trolls. There are all these anonymous people or pseudo-anonymous people coming and criticizing you, and it's important to be able to take it with a grain of salt, but remember that no one has a 100% approval rating. So, some criticisms of you will be valid, because you're not perfect, so you're not going to be right all the time. So, that wraps it up for tonight's show, pretty much. I've kind of run out of time here, but Baltimore? I Again, I'm just in shock, and I'm really saddened. By what's going on there. And I hope and pray that it gets better. And that before long, um, the city will be able to rebuild from the damage caused. That it won't be long-lasting. And I hope you'll join with me. I hope you adopt these principles of conflict resolution in your life. It really would make a lot of our interpersonal relations a lot easier if everyone followed these steps. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Please make sure to go and rate the show five stars on iTunes. That really helps us a whole bunch. And then while you're there, subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Uh, I'm your host, Benjamin Green. You can call me Benj. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at bgreenaz and of course at Outset Magazine, OutsetMagazine.com and check out the other podcasts on OutsetMagazine.com. We have some really great content. Give Stephen Perkins a follow at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins and have a great week.